try it. Rene going deep for the empty net. It is bouncing. <laughs> we are back. End to end is coming back in 2020 with a bang. Season two, episode 13. Teve and Joe and Plagues are here for the ride. I know you guys did some some interesting stuff over the break, over these three weeks that we haven't talked. Joe went to Vegas. How was that? Unreal. <laughs> Except for when I lost, like, all my money. But I did get to go to a Vegas Golden Knights game, yeah. and that environment is nuts, man. It's yeah, yep. so fun there. You I saw hotcakes? your Snapchat story. That looked crazy. Yeah, it was so fun. Like, and like the best part of the arena, like T-Mobile, is that like wherever you sit, there's like no obstructed view. Like you can see everything wherever you're sitting, and like the whole atmosphere and like the crowd was so sick for like a regular season game. Where were your seats? We were sitting like in the three hundreds, like probably four or five rows back. How much uh, did you pay then? Uh, we got them the day of, and they were like a hundred forty USD. Not even bad. Damn, that's a lot of CAD, though. Yeah. But we did buy it, like, two hours before the game. So, I don't know. It was Still, worth it, be it wor though. It would be worth it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was worth it. It was a good game, what, too. What about the casino? What were you playing there? Were you on tables? or were you playing Oh, yeah, balls? blackjack tables. That's all I played, really. And then nice. some roulette, but I hate roulette now. I'm never playing that again. Just blackjack. Yeah, Blackjack's a good game. I started watching this movie the other day. It's called 21 about counting cards in Blackjack. Um, it's pretty It's pretty interesting. It's like yeah. about this college student. He like he meets this professor who runs this group that counts cards in Vegas. Like they, they're at Harvard and they go to Vegas every weekend and they just like steal money from casinos by counting cards. And then they end up getting caught and like a bunch of shit goes down. It's pretty interesting. I recommend it. So I'm assuming that's what you did on your break, Flager? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. On my break, I went... Well, all the fam typical family shit is what I did for Christmas. And then for New Year's, I ended up going up north and did a little bit of snowmobiling with some friends and family. So that was fun. That's always We do that every year. Or we try to do that every year. We've done that for the past, like, two, three years straight now. So that's always fun. Yeah, more uh, or But less other than that, friends. I didn't do too much. What about you, Thomas? Yeah, family, friends. Uh, just went over to people's houses. Uh, just have a good time and stuff like that. So it's the same old stuff I've been doing for the better part of 20 years of my life. For the last, yeah, 20 years of my life in the same New Year span and Christmas break. So I'm having fun. I don't mind. Um, it feels so long since we last recorded. Well, it is long. Three it's weeks, been, man. It's been three weeks now? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would be. Sure. We got on that uh, usual routine of talking every Saturday since September, I believe. And yeah, we never broke it until then. So it's been three weeks since we recorded our last episode. I don't know if you guys want to get into the news right away uh, and recap what happened in those last three weeks. Or we want to go to Battle of the Buds first, just to recap what happened in that week that we picked our games. I don't know Let's what you guys start with Battle of the Buds this week. Let's change right. it up a little bit. Yeah. Let's start with it. Go Flager. Okay, so last week, or actually, the last week we would have picked, which would, would have been like four weeks ago, <laughs> I went one and two, Thomas went two and one, and Joe went one and two. And Thomas, I'm assuming you updated our records, right? Like, yes, I did, yeah. All right, so I'm currently sitting at 16 and 20, the only negative record in, in um, this challenge. Thomas is 21 and 15. 
and Joe is 21 and 15, so I have catching up to do. This week, I'm going to be taking three games all towards the start of the week. Uh, my first game is going to be tonight. The Carolina Hurricanes are facing the LA Kings, and I think the Hurricanes are going to take them out of the water and just destroy them, so I'll take the Hurricanes. Uh, the Lightning play the Devils tomorrow, so I'm going to take the Lightning in that one. And then the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the Minnesota Wild on January 14th. I'm going to take the Penguins over the Wild. Are you going to my games? I'm taking the Canucks over the Wild on January 12th. I am taking the Maple Leafs who are a host to the Devils on January 14th. And I'm taking the Hurricanes who are also host to the Anaheim Ducks on January 17th. And for my games, I'm taking all home teams. So I'm going to pick the Devils at the Capitals tonight. I'm picking the Capitals. The Ducks visit the St. Louis Blues. I'm picking the Blues. That's on January 13th. And then the Kings against the absolutely red-hot Tampa Bay Lightning on January 14th. I'm taking the Lightning. Let's move on now, I guess. Yeah, the bug. Because I'm sick of it. I'm not doing well in it, so I don't like talking about it. (laughs) With that record, no. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well, just just recap what happened in the last three weeks. So, obviously, the Winter Classic happened. Uh, something happened in the first five minutes of the game. Uh, Corey Perry absolutely rocked uh, Ryan Ellis with an elbow at the blue line when Ellis was going to take a shot, and he got suspended five games for that hit on Ryan Ellis just minutes into the Winter Classic. So, you we all saw to- the walk of shame Corey Perry did. That's not fun to do. <laughs> but the Dallas Stars end up winning four two in that one. Absolutely atrocious third period by the Nashville Predators. I've been saying it for weeks. Uh, Peter Laviolette should be fired. He obviously was, and uh, John Hines is named the new head coach of the Predators. So that's what kind of happened in Predators land for the last three weeks. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that Corey add? Perry probably learned his lesson just from that walk of shame at the Winter Classic. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. He got embarrassed horribly. For sure. And he had to sit out his 1,000, or no, um, uh, his return to Anaheim, he had to sit out. He was in the stands for that game. That's that horrible. This week. So, yeah, that's that's rough to sit out of a suspension in your game, returning to Anaheim when you've been there for decades. Like, that's it's rough, but uh, Corey Perry has to face the consequences. And, yeah, five games, I think, was a bit mm, not not enough, but I don't know what you guys think about it. Uh, the, I think the it's – I think it sucks, a- man. <laughs> I think it's fair. Just because Corey Perry doesn't have a history of doing that shit, so like that's why I think it's fair. I don't know. They should so. they should focus more on head injuries and that since it was so bad and like on a national scale, I know like it shouldn't factor in, but like it should have been like I would say probably seven or eight games cuz Ellis like was knocked out and he was immediately yeah. placed on IR like right after the game basically and yeah. There's he's no timetable for his return. Since. Yeah. So And he's on my fantasy team too. <laughs> Thanks, Corey Perry. Yeah. I, I just want to touch on Laviolette and the Preds again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um their <laughs> their goaltending this year has not been great. And I just don't understand. like it, it's funny when you see like when goaltending is so bad. This also happened in San Jose that the coach gets thrown under the bus. I know like Laviolette's time was up in Nashville. Like he's been there for four or five years now and they weren't really going anywhere. And then like immediately they hire another coach who also had terrible goaltending in New Jersey. And now they hired him as head coach. Like what makes you think it's going to be that much of a difference? 
Yeah. Like they, what... they didn't even wait. They just as soon as they fired him, they named him right away. I'm like, what has John Hines done to get a job back so quickly? Yeah. This this the firing reminds me a lot of the San Jose Sharks and uh, Peter DeBoer because Laviolette has made the playoffs for the last like five or six years I think with the Nashville Predators but he's never taken them past the second round so now that okay. the Predators have been struggling a little bit I think they just needed a little bit of an excuse to get rid of them try and get another coach to come in and get them further in the playoffs. Yeah, I believe uh, in 2017 they made the finals for you. So uh, just want to piggyback on that comment you made. Uh, oh, shit, yeah. Um, <laughs> it literally says that right in front of me, too. I'm on HockeyDB as we're speaking. and I'm Get like, your I'm notes ready, player. Come on. I know, I know. I completely missed on, that. Three, three oh, weeks, shit. man. <laughs> Get your Anyways, damn act together. <laughs> so I will change my wording, and I will say, now they're looking for a coach to win them a cup and get them <laughs> – Further than losing in the finals. <laughs> also, Roman Yossi is a beast. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. I think he has he's tied for second or third for the most points in the entire league since like mid December. So for almost a month. Yep. And so, shout out to Pecorine. Scored a goal the other night. Yeah. First Bernabe. goal yeah, since that was twenty thirteen. Awesome, that was sweet. He was, yeah, like, man. really pumped, too. I don't know if you saw his interview after the game, but he was, like, a little kid on Christmas Day. Like he was I'd be pumped, too. The guy's, like, 37 years old. Doesn't have many years left, and he did it. Roman Yossi, though, I actually wrote a little article this week about the top players of the month in December, and Roman Yossi was a no-brainer for me. He had, like, he had an um, outstanding December. I'm pretty sure he had the second most, or no, third most points, I think, in in the month, which is I know, pretty, yeah. pretty sweet. So mm-hmm. he's been doing really good. Yep. yep. And <laughs> like Nashville's offense hasn't been great either. And the fact that Pecorine has to score goals for them to, you know, kind of win games is uh, pretty embarrassing on the Nashville players. <laughs> but uh, that's the way it goes. That, was a, that was a nice goal, though. You know I what's even it. funnier is El Jefe was there. Yes, he was in attendance. Yes, he was in attendance to witness that piece of history. That is pretty neat. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. We transitioned to the worst <laughs> team in Canada. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it. So, since we last recorded, I believe Montreal was on a, I wouldn't say a winning streak, but they were playing decent right before the Christmas break. Clearly, they had all had food poisoning because they've been utter shit since then. <laughs> and... Uh, with all the injuries that they've had, especially Gallagher with that concussion, he's out again tonight. They signed Kovalchuk to a, a one-year, two-way deal worth 700 k basically. It's his last shot in the league, basically, I would say. And so far, he's played well for them, yeah. I have to say. Like, he has three points in three games. Like, um, he hasn't played a game since, like, early November because he's been scratched. And then he got bought out um, by L.A., and then, so he's always worn number 17. And then on Montreal, Brett Kulak wore 17. So Kovalchuk gave, I mean, Kulak gave number 17 to Kovalchuk because that's always his number. And in return, Kovalchuk gave him a Rolex with his name engraved on it, which is pretty cool. So that's kind of the transaction that happened there. And then another deal that they made. So they sent Mike Riley to the Senators 
for I believe a fifth round pick, and then they acquired Marco Scandella from Buffalo for a fourth round pick. That was and, a three way trade, right? Yeah, it wasn't really three way. It was kind of just all on the same day. Like all this stuff happened around the same day. Oh okay. And I know it hasn't helped. They keep losing games. They keep losing one goal games. They keep blowing leads. They're just not good. At this point, I'm just looking forward to the draft lottery. <laughs> Lafreniere, your Lafreniere that. season is in I effect. Want, we were talking about it a bit before we started recording, but I, I really want to see Lafreniere go to the Habs because he's a Quebecois. Like he's he's a French Canadian. He's been there all his life. He's playing in the queue right now too. It'd be awesome to see him playing for Montreal. It'd kind of be like Mitch Marner on the. Very similar. Very similar, yeah. Anyway, since we're talking about the Montreal Canadiens, Thomas and I have um, Golden Plungers going to Canadian-related players. So let's just, instead of going into the awards segment and Thomas and I announcing our Golden Plungers later on in the episode, let's just mention it right now. So, Thomas, do you want to start us off here? Yeah, before that, we'll just flush that toilet. Give a big flush to that toilet right now. And, uh, yeah, there's no surprise. Joe mentioned the Montreal Canadiens are in a kerfuffle. Uh, the last <laughs> two weeks have not been pretty in Montreal. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of skill to go on two separate eight-game losing streaks in the National Hockey League these days, but... The Montreal Canadiens have solidified that, and they've done that twice in less than two months. That's Fantastic. incredible for a franchise like that to do that twice in two months, especially with a guy in net who's making, I believe, $10.5 million for the next five or six years. Uh, that's Carey Price, if you didn't know who that was. Yeah, he's uh, played six of those eight games and has lost all six of those games. Um, and I found a re- weird stat about the, the Montreal Canadiens. They sit first in the NHL in shots on goal which is surprising because they're on this losing streak and they've been on a losing streak twice this season like this. So to get first in shots on goal in the entire National Hockey League and still be able to lose eight in a row twice in a season, it's pretty incredible. You could say it's unlucky, and you could also say, hey, where are the shots coming from? I don't know if they're high alert chances, but you're first in the league in shots on goal and you still cannot buy wins in between those losing streaks. That's incredible to me. Yeah, uh, the Montreal Canadiens are definitely deserving of this Golden Plunger. I, I for, for one, am a Leaf fan. Obviously, we all know that. But I don't hate the Montreal Canadiens. Like, I'm not those type of person that's like, oh, I hate the Habs. Good that they're losing eight in a row. No, like, I, I don't really care if they lose eight or win eight in a row. But, uh, yeah, it sucks that the Montreal Canadiens are losing eight in a row. But, hey, if it helps the Leafs in the standings, whatever. I love getting trolled. That's one thing, Thomas. Like, we were never really alive, or we don't really remember too much when the Habs and Leafs rivalry were, like, peaked. So, like, yeah. it doesn't really affect us too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, I don't absolutely hate the Canadians. I don't like them, but I don't, like, despise them at all. Anyway, yeah. I said, um, that transitions well into my plunger of the week because I'm giving my plunger to Carey Price. And so, basically, adding on to what Thomas said, Price has lost his last six straight starts and has not won a game since December 23rd, which really it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's almost just less than a month now. Um, he's had an ugly .875 save percentage in those six games and a brutal th- 3.67 goals against average. 
I have him in fantasy, and it's just gotten to the point where even if he's the only goalie that I have on my team that's starting, mm-hmm. uh, like one night, I still like I'll consider benching him because I don't want negative points from him. And I know he's gotten me negative points like a couple times this year, so. And that's a true statement. Like I, I have actually been doing that. So that's just how bad he's been. Um, on the topic of Carey Price. I saw something on Instagram this week. I don't remember what account posted it, but Carey Price and Sergei Bobrovsky have the most goals against in the entire NHL, yet they're the highest paid goalies. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? Very embarrassing. No words, man. Just This basically shows that no goalie will ever get double-digit salary per year. These two, I mean, Bobrovsky saw lots of time to turn it around, his contract. Yeah. But, like, there's been goalies that have kind of stole, like, I wouldn't say they benched him, but, like, they'll start him. Like, other goalies, like Dredier, who's, I think, 4-0-1 or 5-0-1, something like that. And he'll just steal some starts away from Bobrovsky on some nights. Mm-hmm. So, just lessons to be told, man. Like, no goalies are ever going to get $10 million plus anymore. And it, it just doesn't make sense why you would ever do that in the first. That's a whole other conversation. Like, it doesn't make sense to me why you would pay a goalie so much when, realistically, like, yeah, having a good goalie is very important, don't get me wrong, but to me, it'd be more important to have a better team in front of that goalie, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'd rather spend the money elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, in certain situations, like, I mean, you could compare that to Boston, where they have the tandem of Halak and Rask, who have, haven't been good over this last stretch of games, but obviously to get together, they're really, really good. Like, they've been a really good tandem. Uh, that's a situation where I think, like, they obviously Boston has a good team, but, like, that tandem's, like, really good, best in the league. And then you have the Leafs situation where they have a really, really good team in front of Frederick Anderson, but Frederick Anderson's been the best player on the Maple Leafs this season. There's no question no, about no, it. No, no, man. So, He's looked shaky this past week, though. It's two games. Yeah, it's two games. Still, he has not looked right. But I know, I get recently, like, he has been very good. But I will argue, though, that Tuka Rask is not getting paid the big bucks in Boston. Like, he's, yeah, not, getting, he's not getting paid like Harry Price or like Sergey Bobrovsky. No one is. Those are the only two. The, only, the closest one to them is Lundqvist at, like, 8-5. And he's yeah, and basically not been a I'll, starter for two years. I'll even argue, when was the last time you saw Carey Price, Sergei Bobrovsky, or Henrik Lundqvist win a cup? Well, right? Never. <laughs> like, you don't see goalies, like, getting paid huge bucks making it to the cup finals. Like, the, when was the last time we saw a goaltender getting over 7.5 win a cup? Would, it, would Fleury have been the last one? I don't even think he was making seven five. That's a thing. He probably wasn't. He was probably getting that money after, right? So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's yeah, why I would I, have to search for it and stuff, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, it's, you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, I, I'm just trying to say, like, it it doesn't make sense to me why you would pay a goalie that kind of money. It just it's stupid. Anyway, enough about that. So, what do we want to do here? I guess since we're talking about Golden Plunger, Joe, you yeah, want to just, yeah, I'll just, I'll just we'll, finish it off here. We'll yeah, they haven't been much back better. Back to news and talk about the World Juniors, though. Sure. Yeah. And then, yeah. so for my Golden Plunger, it's a team that's been borderline terrible all year, and it's the Sharks. Uh, 
Um, they fired Pete DeBoer, obviously, right around mid-December, early December, and it hasn't really done anything for them. They still have a losing record. They're, they're eight points out of the second wild card spot, and now their captain, Logan Couture, is out with a fractured ankle for about six weeks. And that's obviously their captain. He led. He was leading the team in points. I mean, this basically, for me, just spells the end of their season, and they just need to, I don't even know what they need to do. They have. They need to really look at their team and evaluate who's worth keeping and who's worth trading away because their goaltending is terrible. <laughs> Burns and Carlson have done nothing this year at all. Uh, they have two forty-year-olds occupying roster spots. Not Those big guys, contracts, but yeah. No, not big contracts, but like they're they're taking yeah. spots. That's the big thing. They're doing nothing as well. Jumbo Joe has like two goals for God's sake. Um. So yeah, I think the Sharks. I think they they missed their window last year. They went they went to the Western Conference Final, with Pavelski and stuff like that. So I think their window might honestly be closed very very shortly. Yeah, I I really can't put enough stats and the way I've been watching the San Jose Sharks to disagree with that statement because we talked about it. Uh, when was it? Two. So about a month ago, we talked about the About Sharks. five weeks ago, we yeah. talked about if the season's over. I said no, because I thought this team had too much talent to lose. And they've still been doing that for the last five weeks since we've been talking about that. So I don't know what you can do. I don't know if you can trade these guys. Like They're all, up on, they're all tied up in big contracts. Like it's, it's now coming to a point where you have to like realize as a team, okay, like we may not make the playoffs. We just have to ride the season out. Just play your best you can because you can't trade these contracts. You're not trading Burns. You're not trading Carlson. You're not trading Evander Kane with that big contract. You're not trading Timo Meyer. He's going to be an asset for your team. Hurdle and Couture. So I don't know who you move and whether they can go to that option of trading players. It's up to them, but it would kind of look very, very stupid on their management to trade guys who they just signed long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would for sure. With that being said, like their season, their season isn't necessarily over. They're only like ten points out of the first spot in the Pacific, and there's still lots of season left. We're only about halfway through now, right? So, but things aren't looking good. Don't get me wrong. No, they are not. Wait, let's go back to uh, news, I guess, and talk about the World Juniors for a second here. Not to rub it in or anything, but our Canadians <laughs> won gold at the World yeah. Juniors, Let's and go. I kind of, pre- I think I predicted um, that Team Canada would make the World Junior Finals, which they did, and they won the finals. So that was pretty sweet to get that prediction right. Yeah, um, it looked shaky, especially that second game versus Russia. They got absolutely blown up, six nothing. Their worst loss ever, and I think that's the game Lafreniere got hurt. Yes, he did. Yeah, it was. Yep, so it did not look good the second game into the whole tournament. But they rallied. They won two games without Lafreniere. He returned for the knockout stages. And then they just destroyed teams from there. And then they... Um, what was the final score in the rush game? It was 4-3, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, 4-3. They were down 3-1 in that game. There was a lot of bad penalties that they were taking, a lot of bad calls. But they managed to come back and... I don't know who scored the winner. Flager, do you want to say him? 
It was Akil Thomas. Yeah. Our boy. Our boy. Our boy. He, he, he was supposed to come on the pod. But like, <laughs> our boy. Now he's not going to because he's the freaking golden man of Canada right now. He's been getting yeah. all the hype. Yeah. He just no got way he's coming on week. now. Damn. Um. Yeah, no, it was Akil Thomas that scored the game winner. But Barrett Hayden... Yeah, I just want to. The tying goal in that game. That was a huge goal. That changed everything. Like, Barrett Hayden, like, he. Other than that, a helmet incident during the national anthem, um, I think it was against Russia, right? When they lost that game. Um, Other than that, he looked great in this tournament, I think. Yeah, can I just. I'm going to give a round of applause to Barrett Hayden because he played that game with a a separated shoulder. A separated shoulder. Yeah. And he was able to get that puck up in the. Top left corner he of ripped. that net and tie that game. That's incredible. Incredible. And he, he even took some, like, not necessarily huge hits, but little bumps where you could see he was in a lot of pain in that game, too. But he, he braved it out and, and it paid off. They won gold. So. That, that, that guy deserves a lot of credit for this team because he led this team. He was the first line center. He was the captain of this team. Got all the heat during that Russia game when he didn't take off his helmet. Ended up scoring the game time goal. Ended up lifting that trophy over his head at the end of the tournament and being captain for that Team Canada team. He's up with a big club, Arizona Coyotes, now. He'll be on the IR for the next, like I don't know, month or so because of that separated shoulder that he won gold for Team Canada with. It's incredible what that guy did. He deserves a lot of credit in this tournament. Yeah, he does for sure. Um, I was looking at the leading scorers of the tournament earlier today, and I noticed that First through seventh is all Canadian and Swedish players, which is kind of it's kind of funny to me. Um, Samuel Fagemo of Sweden won the scoring title. He had thirteen points, but Alexis Lafreniere lit the freaking tournament off. He only played five games, but he had ten points in those five games, so he had the most points per games and points per game in the tournament, which is pretty impressive. There was another guy too, like. Um, Joe, I know we were ripping on the Habs before and everything, but uh, what's his name? Um, Romanov, that up-and-coming defensive prospect for the Montreal Canadiens, he looked really good to me in this tournament. And I, I hope know, so. Well, in my is one of the yeah, he was one of the better defensemen. Um, him and Sandine, Sandine's definitely up there too. Romanov won defenseman of the tournament last tournament, and uh, this year he was selected to the all-star team, so I'm pretty happy about that. They got him in the second round, so I'm hoping that he can make the jump to the NHL next year. He's currently in the KHL, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens there, but like, I'm literally praying that he comes over and is able to be effective. Yeah. I, th- I think he will. I-, I can't see why he won't. I don't, I don't know. But he did. He looked really, really good. He was a plus six in the tournament, too, which is the second best plus minus in the tournament. You know I like that stat. So. <laughs> Favorite stat in hockey, yeah. So, did yeah. we even mention that uh, <coughs> it, was, it was Sweden that won bronze? Did we mention no. that? Yeah, no. Yeah, they did. Sweden they won, won bronze. bronze. I didn't watch that game at all, to be honest, to be like completely honest with you. Well, I didn't either. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I want to ask you, Joe. I didn't, I didn't ask you. Was there World Juniors on in Vegas? Like, was it on? They, they, they were playing it when I went down to the sports booking area. They did have some games on. Like, they had the finals on. 
even though it was Canada, Russia. So I was very surprised, and it was the TSN feed. Oh, well, that's expected though. Out of you were at the casino, right? Yeah, I was at the sports uh, bookkeeping like area. Yeah, like they they play everything there, so I'm not surprised that they were playing it there. But were they playing it? Or maybe you didn't get the chance, but were they playing it in, like, bars or anything like that? Or, like, restaurants? No. <laughs> no. Go figure. No, I, wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't expect it. I mean, USA yeah. was already knocked out. Like, can't really blame them. Yeah. yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I think it was one of the best World Junior tournaments that's ever happened, to be honest. And Canada ended up winning it. Just was the cherry on top for me. Yeah. Uh, Sweden, we just mentioned them that they won the bronze medal. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, who had a close eye on this tournament, he played phenomenal, and he—I'm uh, pretty sure he got defenseman of the tournament. I believe. Yeah, I so, think he did. So good for Rasmus. Uh, <laughs> Want to see him in the NHL again, but contract reasons uh, are um, keeping him out of the NHL right now. But he'll be there next year on the team for sure uh, with the Leafs. Maybe he can be there for the playoff run this year. Who knows? But yeah, congrats, Rasmus Sandin, Leafs prospect for winning defenseman of the tournament, and. I guess congrats to Team Canada on winning the whole tournament because I I know Flager did predict them as well. I did predict them off screen uh, to win the tournament, so pat on my back for that. But yeah, uh, Team Canada just looked dominant all tournament besides that six nothing loss to Russia. And uh, yeah, congrats. I'm very happy they won, considering last year was embarrassing. Oh, it was horrific because they met up with Finland again in the quarters and they uh, trampled them. So. Yeah, they got man. they got back at Finland for that, but oh yes, yeah. Uh, I guess speaking of good players, speaking of dominant players, we'll go to the hard hat segment of this uh, the podcast. So I'll start first with my hard hat of the I guess last three weeks. <laughs> Austin Matthews is mine, one of my favorite players to watch. Obviously, on my favorite team. Uh, since we last recorded, he scored nine goals, six assists, plus nine. Flager's favorite stat. He got plus nine in those three weeks. Five power play points. Um, I know one of our guys in our uh, pool traded him for a good guy named Steven Stamkos, good Toronto guy. Dumb. Has not worked out for him. Uh, Austin Dumb. Matthews has been on fire. And he uh, yeah, he led this guy into a duel with William Nylander and Austin Matthews, who have been dominant on the power play as well. So with his shot, with the players he's playing with, now he's playing with Mitch Marner because a coach finally figured out, hey, why don't we try Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews? Maybe that could work. Uh, our last coach did not do that. And that's been working ever since they put those two together. So, yeah, spectacular shots I've been seeing from Matthews. He's been playing his best of the season so far uh, in those last three weeks. So, Austin Matthews is very deserving of the hard hat award. Yeah, I really like that pick. I was thinking of taking him. Um, but there was I'm, – I'm not basing my pick on the last three weeks. I'm basing it on the last week of play. Um, and I'm giving my hard hat to Antoni D'Angelo, who I have honestly – Never heard of him until this week. He had two assists on Tuesday night against Colorado, and then he scored a hat-trick and assisted two goals against New Jersey on Thursday night. With seven points in his last two games, he deserves the hard hat, or my hard hat this week. Man, that guy went off horribly, especially in a five-point game. Out of nowhere. Like, I've no, I'm, I'm not even kidding when I say that, that I've never heard of him until this week. He bounced around the league as a prospect for a few years, and now I guess he's, like, turned into Eric Carlson in New York over there. Yeah, I was on his hockey DB. I think he's, like, 24, 25 years old, so he's not even that young. No, it just took him a while. So, my hard hat uh, award winner of the week 
goes to the goaltender of the hottest team in the league right now, and that's Andre Vasilevsky. So like I said before earlier in the episode, the Lightning have won nine games in a row, and they have slowly but surely climbed the Atlantic Division. They're now second behind Boston with about, I think, two games in hand. And uh, Vasilevsky has seven of those nine wins, including a shutout in his last game against Arizona. So Vasilevsky's been extremely hot. They've mm-hmm. been winning games. He's been shutting teams down. So Vasilevsky gets my hard hat award of the week. Yeah, I never, I never really thought Tampa Bay was any trouble this season. Not gonna lie, like, I mean, they're Tampa Bay. They have a good solid roster, and Vasilevsky needed to upgrade his game horribly because he hadn't been amazing throughout like the first two months of the season. But he's been good. Um, if Arizona was doing a lot worse in the last games. I would have definitely given them my plunger because they got shut out the last two games they yep. played. So, not looking good for Arizona right now, especially with that Hall trade, but I think they'll find their group. Speaking of the Hall trade, I saw an article on The Athletic. I yeah. think it was released yesterday. I, I don't know the, the author. I think yeah. it was, I think <laughs> I it was J- Jason Bourne, I oh, think. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like Siegel or any <laughs> anything like that. It was Jason Bourne, and he suggested that Arizona should consider trading Hall, which would be like I don't even know what to think of that. I I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. It's just weird. They they gave up a decent amount for Hall. They 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 I think they're well aware he's a rental because I don't I really don't think he's signing back in Arizona. Um, if they were to flip him again at the trade deadline in February, that would be very very interesting. Be odd. Yes. It would be stupid though, almost because he wouldn't be worth as much as I he know. was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he hasn't been amazing in Arizona either. He's been okay to say the, the. I guess he's been okay at worst. Like to make a trade for a rental player like that in December, which they did, and then to flip him again at the deadline, it just. I get why you would do it. Maybe because they would believe that they, they didn't like they don't have a chance at, like going all the way or even making the playoffs. But, like, I don't know. Just it'd be weird. It'd be a weird decision to make. To piggyback off that point you just made, uh, when you said they don't have enough to go to the playoffs, I think John Chayka is very well aware that. He made the Kessel trade to go all the way, and then he made the Taylor Hall trade to go all the way. Uh, I don't see why acquiring those two players wouldn't make you feel that, hey, we're going to make the playoffs this year. Because last year, all of our guys barely hit like 50 points on the year combined. And with adding Kessel and Hall should put you really past that point. They've gotten two goalies who are pretty good goalies in this league. Yeah. Uh, they've both went down with injuries. So that is a major factor because... They're both still out, right? Yeah, they're now they're both still. Ranta got injured last still night. Out, yeah. yeah. So Ranta started seven in a row, and I believe two of those uh, games were back to backs, and he started both of them. So they do not trust their other goalie, Aiden Hill. I believe that's his name, Aiden Hill. They do not trust him in any sort of form, but now he has to start because both of those goalies are out. So it's interesting. It's interesting too, like with all the moves Chaika made, like getting Kessel, like he brought in like Demers, Goligoski, he brought in Kemper, he brought in Ranta, like he brought in all these pieces and they're still, like they have good goaltending, they have a pretty decent decor, Ekman Larson, I don't know what happened to him, <laughs> I really don't know, he's getting paid like over 8 million and he's barely on pace for like 40 points, 
um, and he's their by far their number one D. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they just can't score. Keller has goes up and down. Can't really get on a groove. I just I don't know what like what point do you have to look at talk it and say hey man like I brought in all these pieces for you. I brought in Kessel. I traded for Hall. These are dynamic wingers. I know like they're very weak at center, but like for how weak they are in terms of scoring, you would think that they would win games based yeah. on defense still, but they can't even score goals. Like, Well, here's here's the thing, though. The reason why they're doing so good, and this is just – I haven't watched the Coyotes play that much at all this year. This is simply going based on the stats that I see in front of me. The Arizona Coyotes in the Pacific Division have the least goals against and the highest goal differential. So, to me, that says that defensively things have been working out for them. Yeah. Yeah, it has defensive goaltending, but like you would think that, like, I guess they would. I don't even know if it's Rick Tockett, it's maybe the person who runs the, the offense, maybe. I'm not sure to get someone new in there because, like, it's clearly not working. You have lots of good pieces there, and you're still struggling to score goals. Yeah, I don't know. John Chayka's pretty, that's really put a good roster in together. So I, I feel he's put a good roster. He's drafted some guys, he's traded some guys, he's drafted. Uh, Christian Dvorak was injured all like last year and he came back and he's pretty good right now. He's the number one center. So I don't know what else John Chica can do besides, I don't know, trading for another superstar, but I don't think that's the way to go. I think just ride the season out with the team you have and hope for the best. Like they have a lot of guys, man, but again, they can't score and Ekman Larson, like, man, like two years ago, he had no one else to play with on defense. And he was getting like 60 points. And now he can barely crack 40 points. I know. <laughs> so I don't know what's wrong there. But I, I like Arizona's team going forward. But they just got to outscore other teams in the Pacific Division. Because that team, that, that division's pretty good besides LA and Anaheim. But If I were Arizona probably, and I think one of you guys just mentioned it actually. If at the deadline I, I seriously believe that my team could... Uh, like actually do some damage in the playoffs and I would trade for a number one center probably. A yeah, better or sign one maybe in free agency. I don't really know who's available in free agency, but maybe go after well, like a, a better center. I wouldn't even wait for free agency though because you have Taylor Hall this year, right? So yeah. that's why I would do it at the deadline. Try to trade for one at the deadline. Yeah, big risk. I mean, Columbus did it last year. Look what happened to them right now. But they're, they're, they're still pretty decent enough for <laughs> like three super superstars leaving their team especially their goaltender yeah it but, speaks a lot to Tortorella yeah does a lot of, a lot of credit but Atkinson's is out too he scored the most goals on their team I believe last year like 42 yeah uh, I know Joe's aware of that injury year. yeah <laughs> I know you're aware of that injury so um did you see Tortorella rage he is very yeah. Oh, yeah, that did happen recently too. No, the most, the, the most recent one where so I don't really remember exactly off the top of my head what happened, but I think um there Columbus was playing I don't remember who they were playing, but um I think what happened was like I don't even remember exactly what happened. He was pissed because somehow Columbus's starting goalie got hurt and then you know what? I don't even know. I don't even want to talk about because I don't know enough details about what happened. 
Okay, I'll talk about the one that I know that happened when we didn't record. And it was when the time stopped. And I think it was in overtime. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, so the time stopped. They were in overtime for like at least one or two like full seconds. They kept playing, and then Rowenski eventually got it in the net, but time expired. So so they review it, and they see that the time stopped, but they didn't, like, go back and change it, and they ended up losing the game, I think, in shootout. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he went off on the league, which they deserve it. I, oh, for honest, sure, yeah. I hate the NHL officiating. I hate it so much. Um, I definitely agree with him. And he got fined $25,000. For that, for yeah. comments that are true, that's baloney. I know, but that's dude. Just it cost them a win, literally a win, and it cost them their goalie because their goalie is now out for six weeks. He only scored for Salo. Yep, mm. he was headed to his first All Star game. He's not going anymore. He's injured yep. for six weeks. Yep, that was the stupidest situation because the time went down another second. If another se- and that, if that second didn't get not um, taken down. They would have won that game in regulation. Uh, it was in regulation, I believe. It wasn't yeah, in it overtime. Was. But it when he regulation. scored, it was in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Or something, Whatever it was. something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. But that is... And the league is like... That's embarrassing from Tortorella. What do you mean it's embarrassing? It's embarrassing, it's embarrassing from you. from you. Like, I can't stay in the league, honestly. Like Some of the shit that they do is just honestly embarrassing. And they wonder why they have by far the least fan base following in all four pro sports <laughs> like it's the things like that just add up and add up and add up and like torts does some stupid shit but he really like i fully support that rant that he did because he was fully right and the nhl was totally wrong and the nhl got really defensive and too defensive when they try to back up their argument and it didn't work and i took 25k for that <laughs> Like that's and then they, um, tra- and then they find someone like five k for like a headshot. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Well, that's the NHL for you. It's been a tough season for penalties and suspensions. So I don't know uh, if our next segment involves that, but Joe's segment's coming up. We'll get right into it. Okay, so it's kind of a topic that it, this might not come as a surprise because. Um, I couldn't really think of one that happened across all three weeks that would have been like a great spicy meatball, but I'm just going to do this one just for, because it's so recent and it was talked about so much. So my spicy meatball of this week is that Carey Price of the Canadians will not be on the team next season. This is a true or false thing you're saying? Yep. What is your thoughts on that? Will he be on the team next season or not? We all know Seattle's coming in with their expansion. So that has a big are possibility. That, you're suggesting that they're not going to protect him? I am suggesting they're not going to protect him. Interesting. Well, what's their goalie prospects like, situation? Caden like? Primo, who's going to oh, be shit, 21. I yeah, I forgot about uh, him. He's really good, but I don't know if they'll give the reins to him yet. But again, if he... If they know they're out of the playoff race, they could just start them a bunch of games and see what they have in him. Never know, man. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on it? you have an answer, Flager? No. Do okay, you? I have my answer. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm going to say yes, he will be on the team next year just because, first of all, A, you're not trading that contract. And B, I don't think anyone wants that contract. 
and C, he's not even living up to the contract. So if that entice, if those three points I just named entices a GM, that GM's stupid because he's not living. Why would you want a guy who's making $10.5 million to basically be a below average goalie right now in the league? Uh, I don't think Price is a below average goalie in the league. I think he's an elite goalie in this league when he's on his game. Uh, his team is getting shots on goal. I mentioned the stat before and they're trying to win games. But you're not stopping the puck for them, Kerry. I mean, you gotta you gotta save once in a while. Um, he had that gaffe against the Lightning, I think, last week, uh, which eventually lost him that game. And he has to be a lot better for the Montreal Canadiens. And yeah, the three points I just named, I think he'll still be on the team next year. Uh, they can still unprotect him, but that's the, uh, that's Seattle's um, that's Seattle's uh, decision if they want to take him or not. To start a franchise and have Kerry Price as your goalie. Pretty damn good. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury obviously went to Vegas. So that's a pretty good damn goalie as well. Um, I think I think he'll still be on the team. I don't know if they're I don't know if they've uh, turned the book or turned the chapter on Carey Price just yet. Yeah, that's kind of. I don't even know. I think the realistic answer is what Thomas said. I think yes, he will be on the Canadians next season. But so Seattle is coming. They are going to be a team next year, correct? You say, because you say Montreal? Because I'm just starting to think, like, what? You're saying Seattle? No, I'm saying Seattle. Like, yeah. there's going to be expansion draft this year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I don't I'm know saying. if it's this year or next year. It's yeah, this year. Aren't they entering the 2020-2021 season? That's That would be next year. Or this, like, this like October season, coming up. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I thought too. I, I don't know. I think it is because I think they have to reveal the logo soon. Because when Vegas got introduced, they yeah, revealed the logo saying. around like January, I think. Okay, let, let me see. This up. Yeah, all wrong. Let's <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're coming in next season. 100%. Expansion draft June 2021. So it's not this season. So okay, so that that makes my answer clear. Yeah, Carey Price is going to be on the Canadians next year because they're not. Thomas already took the words out of my mouth they're not going to trade him because no one's going to take his contract probably um and like he he's kind of a backbone of the Montreal Canadiens even though he hasn't been playing well for majority of this season like the, the last month or so of this season he's still he's still their backbone and like their heart and soul of the yeah. Montreal Canadiens so yes he will be on the Montreal Canadiens next season but yeah. after next season, once the expansion draft comes into effect, um, I, I'm pretty sure you're only allowed to protect one goaltender. I, I think, or well, yeah, something. That, like that was that was the rule in the 2017 draft. And remember, Pittsburgh did not protect Mark Andre Fleury. No, that's why. And then Vegas claimed him because they still exactly. thought. But because at that time, like, Fleury wasn't even that good anymore, really. He was like a backup to Murray. Yeah, but that was only because of the... See, that's that's that was a weird situation because Matt Murray came into the playoffs and, like, he was just better than Fleury that year. That's why he kind of... He kind of... Like, who knows if he would have taken the starting role that following season if Fleury stayed on Pittsburgh. But... It was just weird because they went with Matt Murray in the playoffs mm -hmm. that, that previous season. Um, Who knows, man? Anyways, like maybe the Canadians in next year will end up protecting uh, Primo and then 
not protecting Carey Price, and then maybe yeah. we can see Price going to Seattle. So yeah. I don't know. In two seasons, maybe he'll be on, but next season he'll be there. Yep. Okay. It, it, it's still a spicy meatball because anything can happen. Just sure. like I don't think it will. Like it's like the McDavid one you asked us last time, like the trade and stuff. Like I don't think it will happen, but he should <laughs> ask for one if they clearly miss the playoffs again. So. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the because it was just like, will he ask one? Will he be like fed up? Be like, hey, like me and my boy Dr. Dre over here carrying the team horribly and you guys still can't get me like a winger that could skate or mm-hmm. could score more than like 35 points yep so yeah all right yeah that's uh we got some notes here just uh want to say that the all-star game's coming up uh, the jerseys were revealed this week and they're utter atrocious they're an embarrassment to the league and an embarrassment to all-star jerseys across every sporting league around the world new what else is new, man? Adidas like, I, sucks, man. I just don't like jerseys. how they. I don't like how they change those jerseys every year. What do you mean? Like, do you remember when back when like Crosby and Ovechkin were rookies, when the league would have the East versus West All Star Game, mm-hmm. and you remember how they would have basically the same jerseys every single year? They would yeah. change it like every like four years, maybe, but. They were pretty consistent. I just don't. I don't like how they change them every year. It's stupid to me. I like I how like, they change it. Even back in the old days, like when they had, um, like when Gretzky was in the league, I know that they had the same jerseys basically every single year for the All Star game, and it was like that ugly orange, black, and white color theme. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like you yeah, I know what you're talking about. And, they, and Buffalo used it for their skills competition this year, I believe. So Yeah, they did, actually. They right. look nasty. They look so nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of them just because of the heritage like aspect of it all. Right. But I just – I don't like how – what I'm saying is I don't like how they decide to change the All-Star jerseys every single year. You know what? I can live with them changing the jerseys. It's the way how they change the jerseys. So – if you guys are listening and don't know what the jerseys look like, look them up, please. They're just black and white and gray. Uh, they have five lines in the middle of jerseys, which re- represents a music note. Uh, the note, the notes go on those lines. I, I don't know what they're called. I'm not a music genius. Oh but... yeah, like on music. Yeah, apps or whatever. If yeah, you yeah. look at it, yeah, you'll know. But it's black and white. Like so you cool. can add like blues colors, like Adidas. Why don't you make the host city? design the jerseys make four separate jerseys because i'm counting off my fingers there's the atlantic division there's a metropolitan division there's the central division and there's specific division that's four right that's i'm not we're not going crazy that's four divisions mm-hmm. why don't you have four separate jerseys for each division not two jerseys for four divisions like why does a jer- team need two jerseys to the all-star game when only one You're team right. is going to yeah. play one game. Two teams are going to play one game. That's a really good point. Like, LA did it. I thought LA's jerseys, the All-Star Game jerseys, were unbelievable. They had the yellow ones, they had the black ones, they had the purple ones, and they had the white ones. And that was the 100th year in the NHL, and they decided to do that, which I thought was the best All-Star jerseys in the last couple of years that they've done. They did four separate jerseys for four separate uh, divisions. I thought that was the best way to do it. Apparently, the NHL is just really cheap and just doesn't want to do four jerseys anymore. That's fine. 
but make the jersey nicer. Just don't make it black and white again. Mm-hmm. That's so, a good point. I never really thought of that. How they they really should have four different jerseys for each division instead of having two for all four. <laughs> like it's it, it's it's just lazy. Like I, I I see designers on Twitter and Instagram do way better designs than these guys at Adidas do them. It's yeah. It's actually embarrassing. There's a lot of like, honestly, artists that do. Basketball does it better. NBA, uh, NBA is the same thing. NBA does it better. MLB does it better. And the football pro, pro Bowl does it better. Like, just piggyback off them, please. Like, please. Like, the Pro Bowl else. jerseys are always nice. Yeah. And it's one game. They're it's all... not even like... Yeah, and it's not even a game either. Usually. I saw one guy throw the idea out there. Hey, why don't you just make the players just wear their own team select jerseys instead of having fans buy the jerseys that are basically the same every year uh, for different yeah. players that go to the All Star game on their favorite team? So I, I would wouldn't mind that um, that offer because <laughs> they're atrocious this year. They're bad, but that's the way NHL wants to do it. And yeah, no one really, uh, as Joe mentioned like a couple minutes ago, the NHL is probably one of the least liked sports in North America and the four major sports. So that's a reason to put it there as well. But the guys who are going to the All-Star game are very deserving. I know Logan Chur is not going anymore. Tomas Hurdle is going now. And Jakob Serverberg will not be going anymore. So Max Pacioretty will be going. So I believe the um, last minute voting is tonight. So we'll see who gets in. That's, they're announcing it tonight, you mean? Yes, yeah. they're announcing that tonight. So, uh, I have, the, and that's the thing too about the All Star Game. The NHL doesn't tell you who's in the lead for the voting, and the NBA does on a daily basis on their broadcasts, mm-hmm. which I like because yeah. you can see, okay, this guy's in the lead. I'm going to vote for him, or this guy's behind. I'm going to vote for him. The NHL has no idea. I have no idea where Mitch Marner is in the voting because I voted for him. I have no idea where he is. He can make it. He cannot. I don't know, but an All Star Game is for the fans and. At some point, the NHL has to realize, hey, let's tell the fans what's going on here. But they just don't want to tell us. So, <sighs> man, I have enough from All-Star games. Like, just go to the Olympics or something. <laughs> they Do suck, it. man. I only care about the skills comp. The game is embarrassing. Yeah, the game is not very fun. But And the, and the skills are not that fun either anymore. They got rid yeah, of the Yeah, they changed shootout. them, man. They got they rid of that shootout that everyone liked. All I and... care about is the hardest shot. Yeah. And that's true. That's the big one. Even I, I do like the fastest skater though. That's another favorite. It's of the mine. same person. You know who's winning. Like, you know who's gonna win. It's the same yeah, person. but it's still fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Just like let's add some more fun stuff into the like, All Star game. Like the NBA has. Like the dunk competition is like the like the I don't know what what is it called. The I don't know cherry on top for All Star games. All-star competitions, and they do that every year, and it's been a success every year because everyone puts out different dunks. They got rid of the shootout. Shootout was pretty the cherry cherry on top for the NHL skills competition, and they took it out. I don't know why, but they took it out. So that's the only way to show the skills at a thing called the skills competition. And yeah, I'm not very happy at the NHL for doing these all-star games. No man, they suck. So. Yeah, that's my rant on the NHL All-Star game. If you guys have anything to add, you could say it now. But I, I think that's pretty much it for the episode. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Just all I got to say for my last words are check out our website, thebreakdownsports.com. That's spelled the B-R-K-D-W-N sports.com for more sports content. We've had a lot of NHL content coming out so far in the new year, and we look to keep that up as yep. 
the year continues. Uh, so check that out. There's been I know Joe. You just you want to talk about your article that you just came out with? So I did one ranking the seven Canadian teams at the halfway point of the season. So that came out I think on Monday. And then me and another member of our NHL team, Jake, worked on a buy low and sell high candidates for fantasy hockey. So we chose three each yep. for those. That just came out today. So go check those ones out. That yep. was a really good article. I love yeah, great that, article. The buy low, sell high thing. And my last words, uh, if some listeners may not know or they may already know that we rebranded. So we got a yes. new logo and it looks super nice. I really like it. And... We are going to be getting a rebrand for our own podcast. Yes. yes. Which is which looks sick, I think. So that's yeah. gonna yeah. be very that which it's yeah, it looks sick. It's gonna come out shortly. I don't know when, but it's gonna be very soon. Maybe this episode. I'm not sure yet. I don't know. Really we know. have the design, we just we don't know when we're gonna follow through with the entire rebrand. Exactly, yeah. Yep. So stay on the lookout for that. Okay. Uh, congrats on the articles, boys. I liked uh, reading them. I liked that article by Flager and uh, Joe uh, just came out. So you guys are really busy with these NHL articles. I like it. Uh, we'll be even more busier when it comes to trade deadline in the All-Star game with the article. So uh, keep on the lookout for that. But in 2019, I did this. I'm going to continue in 2020. Point leaders, goal leaders, and the win leaders in the NHL. I'll run through it quickly. Uh, McDavid, no surprise, leading in points with 70. Goal scorer, David Pasternak, leading the NHL with 35 goals. And the win leaders, we have a three-way tie between Frederick Anderson, Jordan Bennington, and Andre Vasilevsky with 21 wins. So that does it for the first ever episode in 2020 for the N10 crew. We will be back next Saturday. We'll chat then.